Today, we've got a special guest on the show. Chet Treo, the YouTube musician, joins us to talk about his infamous Rick and Morty remix songs, how he goes about his creative process, and his experience being on YouTube for over 10 years. I could not contain my excitement on this one, so prepare yourself for a very nerdy music producer conversation. It's coming up in just a minute. Welcome to the Royish Good Looks podcast, episode number 18. If I sound a little funny today, well, I'm getting over a cold, but I didn't want to miss a week. The show must go on. So here we are, and thank you for joining me. If you would like to help me feel a little bit better, sign up for my Patreon at patreon.com slash royishgoodlooks. Not only will you be giving me a boost to my immune system, but you'll be helping to support this show and my music. Plus, you'll get a lot of cool perks in return. So thank you if you sign up. Thank you to all my current patrons. And either way, I hope you all enjoy the show. Jetrio, welcome to the Royish Good Looks podcast, and thanks for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me. Nice to be here. So I had to bring you on the show, not only because you are an insanely talented dude that has this awesome body of work, but because I owe you a debt of gratitude, dude. Without your remix of I Am Alive, the Rick and Morty remix, I would have never made my own Rick and Morty remix, I Am Mr. Meeseeks. And that song is totally inspired from you and what you were doing at that time in around 2017. Man, I'm Alive, the vibe, the bass line, the background percussion, the key change at the end. That song rocks, man. I love it. And then every week you made another remix in another remix and they were all awesome. I uh, found it hugely inspiring. So thank you for being you. Thank you for joining us today. And I'm stoked to get to know you a little bit more and have you share your story today. Thank you. Obvi obviously, I'm a big fan of yours as well, and your remixes of Star Wars songs and uh, also the Rick and Mortis. It's really, really good. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. It seems we have some mutual listeners, mutual fans and viewership. Yeah. I often get comments on my Rick and Morty remixes that are like, I feel like I'm cheating on Chetreo, or <laughs> had to make sure you didn't steal this from Chetreo. I'm glad you don't feel like I was stepping on your toes too much. No. Making that, making that song. No, never, never. So I'm really excited to talk to you because it seems like we have sort of a similar journey. Anytime you look back through someone's catalog, you know, they go viral and then you start looking at their earlier and earlier videos. You get a really interesting picture of like, who is this creator? How do they get to this point? So I want to hear a little bit about your journey on YouTube. Can you take us back to why you even started posting on YouTube at all? and how you got into that remixing world? Yeah, so if you look at my, my channel, I actually started my channel back in 2006. Uh, so it's 15 years ago. And I, I posted all kinds of weird stuff, like everything from gaming videos to like small edits and montages. All those videos are private now, but uh, you can kind of see my progression in music production throughout my channel. Because when I started out, like back in... 2009, 2010, when I started producing music, I had no idea what I was doing. 
like the the Lord of the Rings re- remix was probably one of the first three things I made in Ableton, uh, and I still use Ableton to this day. And yeah, I just started dabbling in stretching audio, cutting audio, placing it in different uh, places, and uh, yeah, started adding music. And of course, I have a musical background since before that I played in bands and uh, played guitar before that. Other channels obviously inspired me, like Pogo, obviously. He was doing the similar thing. And yeah, I, I, I've been do, I'm doing YouTube like sporadically throughout the years. Some years I post, some years I don't. Now uh, I've been doing it quite regularly. I've tried at least. So in starting with those Lord of the Rings remixes, it's not like the Rick and Morty stuff you're posting today where you're taking a line of dialogue and turning it into a melody. You're taking like sound effects and making like a loop of like a percussive beat. When did you make the switch from and why did you make the switch from like just remixing the sounds to I'm going to start now taking the snippets of vocals and making like a chorus or a verse out of it. You see some of that come out in, like you said, your evolution. You see the top line melody coming out more than just the percussive stuff. Yeah, I guess 2014, I started college for music production and audio engineering. And I guess that sparked my my interest for making like bigger songs and having more control over the production and uh, the overall vibe of the song. So I, I have like tons of beats and songs that sometimes doesn't have lyrics or vocals. And of course, I still had that like remix urge. Uh, so I started putting sounds from yeah TV shows and movies over those beats. And then I discovered Melodyne auto-tune, stuff like that, and realized you could you can make them sing magically. The first remix I ever did, I was using auto-tune to do it, but I'm sure you know when you use auto-tune, people might think that, oh, that's how you make a remix. Auto-tune is like the classic go-to pitch correction sound. But when you use that, trying to remix like audio that's got like sound effects and music in the background, like doesn't quite work. You can only get like one or two notes to kind of pop out. When you switch to Melodyne, it's like, now I've got the one ring to rule them yeah. all, right? It's so much more powerful to use that. Yeah, and you, and you throughout the years, you pick up uh, different uh, techniques to, to make it sound more clean. I don't know if you want to get technical or nerdy or... Well, now I need to know the secret. What, what, do I, yeah. what am I missing out on? Nowadays, I use uh, a lot of uh, RX-8 isotope. To me, it's magic, but you can, you can like isolate music... Uh, vocals you can you can just separate it from the track i don't know how it works it's algorithms stuff like that one of the tricks i got from i think it was pogo that uh, talked about this in one video that if the movie is mixed in surround surround sound uh, usually the center speaker is uh, containing the the speech or the vocals and if you can find a way to analyze that file and extract the channels it's often six channels if it's 5.1 5.1 surround. That's fast. Yeah, because that's so much more isolated. Obviously, a stereo mix, you're going to have the vocal left and right. Yeah. Interesting. Usually, like in, in cartoons, when the vocals or the speech is recorded mostly in a studio space, you can almost get a clean signal of the, of the vocals. Yeah, Justin Roiland is like made for melodining, right? It's just like a super clean, yeah. like obviously no background noise, but he, the way he does like the, you know, maybe not so much Rick, but the Morty voice is super, super clean, right? Yeah. 
it's a really singy way of talking. I guess you kind of have to be if you're voice acting to give it sort of a contour almost. Yeah. I'm pickle red, Marty. I'm pickle red. I turn myself into pickle. I turn myself into pickle. All right, this is cool. I, I want to go down this route a little bit. You piqued my interest. I didn't want to go too nerdy, but it's too late now. Yeah, we're, we're there. So obviously you pick a line of dialogue and you're like, I'm going to try to, 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 to make this a song or make it a chorus or just one line, whatever it happens to be in your remix. When you pull that in and you load it up into Melodyne, what's the first thing you do from there? Are you starting to like map out a song around it and then you come to the vocal or do you see what exists and then try to fit a song into that? What's the trajectory there? It's so different song to song. Sometimes you want to find like a narrative in the song. If you listen to my old songs, there's just like random dialogue. It doesn't really make, the ly lyrics doesn't really make any sense. But for my newer songs, I'd like to have like a more coherent story to the, to the song and uh, make it make sense. And, and you, can, you can read the lyrics and think, yeah, I, I agree with that or, or something. Right. <laughs> so sometimes I look for a narrative, cut different type, types of dialogue to make it work with each other. Then I start uh, mapping it, making it almost like a rap first. I maybe put like a drum beat or something in the background and I see what works and what doesn't work. And when I got like maybe a verse or a chorus ready, I start mapping out like chords, melodies. I start to maybe melodyne a bit just to get the feel of the song. So you start with a rhythm, 100% rhythm from the get-go. Yeah, I think so. Most of the time that's hmm. probably, yeah. I don't know, what, 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 what do you do first? No, definitely similar. I, obviously, there's no right or wrong way to do it. I hope I don't sound like, you're doing it wrong, Chetro. I'm here oh, to no. learn from you, if anything. <laughs> but yeah, you, you throw it in and you have to see what already exists, right? So yeah. there's going to be a tempo to it. There's going to be a melody to it. I always feel like the less you have to like screw it up, the more satisfying the remix is going to be. So whatever it happens to be, you have to figure out what meter they're talking in and what melody they're already making is going to inform like what chords you can kind of choose. I'm always trying to pick a key signature that fits with the melody, which seems like, I mean, if you're remixing it, why should you say like, it has to be in B because that's where like Morty's voice is or, or whatever. Yeah. Is that the way you think about when you get to the musical side of it? Yeah. To me, speed is key just to get inspired. Maybe I just choose like C major just for the ease of it. And if I then in, in the bridge or like a later part in the song, I realize, no, this doesn't work. I, I do it all over again, but at, at a different key. Because, yeah, I, I need to get going quick to get inspiration and to mm -hmm. feel, feel the song. Sure. Yeah. Moving quick is definitely key. That's interesting, yeah. though. So you'll start, you'll maybe like rough out a, one part of the song. And if it doesn't work, then you completely scratch it, start over. Or do you just kind of like, tweak the melodies to fit in inside a new chord progression. Yeah, often I just tweak it. I go into Melodyne and shift everything down or up, whatever I need. And it usually works. Otherwise, I just start over. That's amazing. Have you ever thought about doing a tutorial video or like a live stream of you putting together one of the, the songs? I do get requests to do it. Yeah, so may maybe I should. But my workflow is very... Very messy in a way. Um, I don't want people to watch me work either, for sure. No, yeah. I thought about starting to live stream when I just do like beats or recordings and stuff like that. But 
yeah, it's it's hard. Maybe it's good to have someone watching you just to so you can f- concentrate and you know people are watching. You kind of figure out like I do a lot of teaching, and you certainly figure out like what you're doing that makes no sense. You're like, yeah. okay, you actually don't need to do this. You could just skip this part totally. Mm. But sometimes you just that's the way you do it. You know, when you're you're being a true artist. I did. It wasn't really like a live stream, but I kind of like remade my I'm Mr. Meeseeks song just to show how it was done. Oh, yeah, I I saw that one. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. People ask, they're like, how do you do it? You know, if you're not into music production, it's sort of like a next level thing. It's not just mixing tracks up and down like mixing a regular recording would be. There's a lot of like trial and error and figuring things out. I think that video definitely makes it look a little easier because you kind of know where you're going to go with everything. Like this note goes up, this note goes down, and there you have a melody. It makes it look kind of simple. And you, you could really tell you had like a teaching background as well, because it was, it was very, very well organized and you could follow very easily. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think that raised more questions than it really answered. Because like you're obviously, you said you're a musician yourself. We didn't go into your background, but you clearly understand how melodies and chords play together, how you know, repetition and certain melodies like make a good song. You obviously have that kind of pop ear for it. You have to have that before you can actually remix stuff or else you just come up with like crazy noise, right? Yeah, I know people hate to hear it when when they ask, but the ability to learn to listen is very, very important just to hear like what works and what doesn't. Sometimes you want, you really want a piece of dialogue to work, but it won't work. Uh, and you just got to accept that most yeah. of the time. You can polish it as much as you want, but sometimes it just doesn't work and you need to move on. I've noticed in a few of your, uh, I think in the Planetina remix that you just did a week or two ago, there's like one or two spots where like the vocal doesn't get remixed, or at least it doesn't sound to me like you changed one line at all. It's like, here is a melody. Yeah. And there's like one yeah. word that's just totally like unaltered but it still works. Are those the kind of things you're referring to there where you're like, I'm leaving this be? Yeah. Sometimes you just want like an exclamation mark in the song and just like a shout or something. And I, I think it, I think it's kind of work. Sometimes I, I, I don't do any melodyne to make like a more like a talky verse or something. And I think it works most of the time. Yeah. Well, it's like you said, like a rap rhythm is just as songified as having a melody to it as well. You can kind yeah. of dabble between those two lines. Things are good. Focus on the good things. Focus on the good things. Life is a highway. We're gonna So I don't know if it's every one of your remixes, but a lot of times there's like a synth melody in the background. You seem to be a very like electronic synth kind of producer. Are you always following along the melody with a synth? Is that how you like write out how you want the melody to be? With the remix, or is that just what's the thought process behind that? I think the first time I used it, it was to like reinforce the the vocal melody because I I wasn't really yeah you, you didn't really get the feel for the vocal melody and I really really liked it <laughs> so I use um, most mostly I use the same it's like a moog moog patch like the monophonic glidey um, it's a real synth real smooth fun sounding pop synth. Yeah, usually I mix it in like I try to hide it, but obviously you can hear it because it's a very, yeah. Well, it's like you said, I'm listening. I'm like, what is he doing, man? How is he doing this? So you're yeah. you're using that as like an auditory trick to kind of like reinforce 
the song aspect of the uh, the remix there. Exactly. It's it's always something I add like last minute just to make the melody pop a bit. I always find like the first time you listen to someone's remix, it can be kind of weird to like, like you said, understand the, the melodic phrase in it, even though it's clearly there. But since it came from speech, it's like you have to suspend the fact that it's a movie or a TV show and like believe that it's a song. Sometimes you miss the melody. But then when you go back and listen to it, it's like, oh, no, that is a catchy melody. And then all of a sudden, yeah. like it, it is a song after that second or third listen to me. I always find that with like Shmoyoho's remixes. Yeah. Their musicality is like on a whole nother level. So like I'll miss the melodies just because the chords are like modulating so much. But you come back to it and you're like, this is genius. Yeah. Yes. Their songs are really, really good. You actually did a collaboration with them with the Mr. Poopy butthole song. Is that the one? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Listeners, I promise that that is a real <laughs> character on the show. How did that come about? Did they reach out to you or what, what was the story there? Yeah, I think it was in the midst of my, when I was doing a lot of Rick and Morty, like every week. Uh, and they, re they reached out and told me they were, wanted to make a Rick and Morty remix. And we, we sat down and decided what we wanted to do. And Mr. Poopy Bottle seemed untouched at the time. So yeah, I, I think they had like a rough idea of what they wanted to do. They had like the... The chorus finished. Yeah, I made the second verse and the outro. So that's that's all me, the the melodyne and the editing there. And you can you can also hear my if you listen closely, you can hear my Moog synth patch. That's in, amazing. In that so yeah. that's the calling card. That's how you're gonna know it's Chetrio that, remix. That's how you know. Yeah, it's got the synth <laughs> in the background. I'll make sure I'll steal the RX tip from you, but I won't steal the Moog synth. <laughs> All right, so it's almost like a duet where they did choruses, you did verses. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I love Shmoyoho. I would say that they are the number one influence for me starting a YouTube channel at all. And of course, getting into remixing, it was like, wow, you could take something that's not music and make it music and other people will like enjoy it. It's not just like a, like a one trick pony. It's like people come back to those songs like I'm alive was literally inspirational to me. It wasn't just like, here's this kind of meme. This isn't valuable art. It was like, <laughs> that moved me. Like, this silly dialogue from a TV show, it felt like a real song to me. So, again, I got to say kudos to you for that. I don't know how you pulled that off. Yeah, Shmoyo is obviously a big inspiration for me as well. And they've been doing it for so long. Some remixes are old school, old school YouTube. And it's real, still really impressive production and auto-tuning and melodyning and stuff like that. The weird, the weird thing about I'm Alive, I, I literally made it in an, an afternoon. And if you, if, if you listen to it, you can, you can really tell. Some parts are quite choppy and you can find a bit of mistakes here and there. But yeah, the, the melody was there from the start. If you listen to the original clip, you can really hear the melody in, in Morty's speech. So it didn't really need much from me to make it work. Right. It's one of those, you go watch the scene afterwards and you hear the song rather than the actual you, you show. Can't, you can't not hear it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great example of, like you said, setting up almost a story within the song. Like that scene makes such a great chorus, which I think is why I find that song like so emotionally impactful. You know, this robot coming to life. Yeah. You feel it in the song. 
And of course, when you take it up two keys at the end, it's just like the perfect, like, <laughs> I am alive. I love it. I'm guessing that's what you mean, where you're like, I made it in an afternoon. That's like, I'm going to copy paste, put it up two yeah, keys. It's, it's quite repetitive. And I, uh, I'm a sucker for that Eurovision type, what do you call it, modulation. Um, yeah, it works so well, man. I love it. Yeah. And that's 100%. I did the same thing. In my song. Oh, yeah. For the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it works. It the works. only difference is I, I built it up a little bit, you know, like. Yeah, yeah you, you made it sound fancier. Yeah. Yeah. It, it works every time. Even if you don't make it sound fancy, though, you still get that impact of, you know, we're jumping up a key. I love it too, man. Yeah. So, okay, I got to ask. Uh, this was going to be one of my first questions to kick this off. But so you've got like rock-ish kind of like drum backbeat with like your kick and snare they sound a little electronic synthesized, but they're like rock-ish. You've got like ripping bass lines in every song. The musical arrangement is mostly like electronic synthesizers, occasionally guitars, and then obviously the remix vocals. What kind of music are you listening to to fuse all that stuff together? I gotta know. <laughs> I'm a pop punk, like pop rock guy myself. Like, what are your inspirations musically? It's such a boring answer, but I like everything. But... As you said, I, I'm also from like the punk rock background. I started out with, I, I got like a electric guitar for Christmas when I was a kid and uh, I started uh, taking lessons and then I started forming bands and we played like punk metal, stuff like that. Uh, I had my punk rock metal phase and then that slowly drifted into like a more electronic as I started producing by myself because I still wanted to make music and it's easier if it's electronic in a way uh, so you can do it in the box but yeah i i listen to a wide variation of music and i guess it's it kind of shows in my in my songs yeah you blend it all together i'll accept it i don't find that a, a cop-out answer at all i think the only <laughs> cop-out is when you you discount one kind of music i like everything but xyz you know there's always something to love in every genre i, I think yeah there's always something to 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 pick out and and, and like about everything. Yeah. And maybe that does play a role into why some of your remixes are so popular. It's like they have a lot of different elements to them. Rick and Jerry episode. It's about the journey, not the destination. Rick and Jerry episode. Whirly girly. I believe in you. You mentioned a little bit with Shmoyoho being on YouTube forever and sustaining a career. I obviously find that super inspiring because I'd like to stay on YouTube and keep keep that side hustle kind of going. I'm curious, you said you're trying to keep on like a schedule here a little bit more, like post more and more. Obviously, when Rick and Morty is in session, you're like, today is Sunday when we're recording. There's an episode tonight, right? Oh, yeah. I assume you're going to remix it, right? I will sure try. <laughs> How do you keep it going? Not only like after all these years, but like putting yourself on that schedule week after week. Yeah. When I did the the season three remixes, when I when I did one every week, I was fresh out of college, so I was I was I didn't have a job, so I was just sitting at home playing video games and, and I made songs basically. Now I got a job. I work I work as an audio engineer, mostly live uh, events and stuff like that. So I don't have the free time that I want to do YouTube, but I still want to do YouTube, and I'm going to make more videos. But I won't stress myself to like make a deadline or I won't post anything if I'm not 100% satisfied with it. I mean, I would love YouTube to be a full-time job, but especially for remix artists like us, I think it's hard to make it work like with 
the time it takes to make a song and, that, and then edit a video on top of that. Uh, and then you got to fight with the copyright and fair use stuff. I bet we can talk like all night about that. So yeah, YouTube, YouTube will always be there and I will post as long as I can, but when I can. I 100% agree that when you boil it all down, you don't want to create art, music without enjoying it. Yeah. Like that's the whole point. It's supposed to be kind of like a release or a celebration. And I think you do your best work when you don't have too much pressure. Like you said, you're like, I'm just hanging out today. You make I Am Alive in an afternoon. It's exactly my story. My big hit was the Hello from the Dark Side parody. Oh, yeah. I made it in an afternoon. It's my biggest thing ever. Yeah. I'll spend, you know, weeks, sometimes even like a whole month on a song and it'll do well because you've got those core fans, but not every song is the viral hit, you know? So it's it's a difficult landscape. I can totally relate to you with, with that. But I do think there's something to be said for just keep on trucking through. I'm telling my story on a lot of these episodes of like, how I got to this point in my career, but I'm hoping to inspire other people to just get out of your own way, make the thing you want to make, post it, because you never know, you could have an I Am Alive, you could have a Hello from the Dark Side, you could have a Charlie Bit Me, whatever it is, like, all you got to do is make the thing hit post, and it could probably change your life. You've been doing it for a while. Could you give any advice for people that are listening? What's your advice to aspiring creators? Yeah, I mean... Take your time. It's easy to find, to only find satisfaction when you like hit the submit button and you see the, like the finished product on your, on your page. And I, I know I, I feel like that also, but sometimes you just gotta, you know, if I recorded some sick guitars today, I'm not finished yet, but yeah, I'm on my way. You don't need to rush it. That's something I've realized now in the, in my later days of producing videos that you don't have to like rush anything out i've done that and then you're stuck with this product that you're most likely not really proud of it's hard to give advice when you're when you're struggling with creativity sometimes yourself but uh take it in steps one thing i do if i uh, get stuck with a with a song for example i export that song now i have like maybe an intro chorus and a verse and i start editing the video for that song and then you get like visual cues from the from the song and the video, and maybe you get some some idea on where to go next. Maybe this song should go like on a sadder note uh, or a brighter note, and that really helps me to, to like. Maybe you don't have to start with the intro. Maybe you can start with the outro or something like that. You're making a demo and workshopping the song. Yeah, exactly. Man, I mean that's my process for everything. I get lost in that, and then I got 800 demos. And no, no bridge for the end. But maybe in another week or two, you like smash two other songs together. Yeah. Do you ever wind up with with unfinished ones like that? Oh, I have hard drives filled with <laughs> unfinished remixes and uh, recordings. And I mean, sometimes, uh, sometimes I come back to it like four years later and finish it. And then that progress you made four years ago wasn't in vain, and you still you still have like a finished track to go back to. Right. Well, you look on it with fresh eyes and you're like, oh, actually, that's pretty dope. I don't know why I yeah. ripped my hair out trying to figure out how to make this work. It's already working. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be four years. It can be two days and you come back to it and you think, what was I thinking? And you remove like three parts of the song and four instruments and you see 
more clearly what you were trying to produce. There's only one solution for Earth's pollution. Every little bit helps. One solution for Earth's pollution. I do what I can, but I can't do it alone. And, man, we're always really harsh critics of ourselves. As soon as you put it out there, the audience is going to tell you if you like it or not. I'm always surprised when I'm like, all right, this is okay. And then someone says, like, this is your best work yet, or this is my favorite song of yours, whatever the case may be. Like, the listener is going to, they don't know all of the, you know, hills you had to climb to get to that final thing. They just hear the song and they're like, holy cow, Jetro O's got a new remix this week. It's fire. I love it. It's stuck (laughs) in my head. And now every time I watch that episode on reruns, I'm singing his song. It's going to live with me forever. And yeah, you don't have to beat yourself up because you're going to literally like make someone's day as soon as you hit upload. You don't have to put so much pressure on it, right? Yeah. It's funny how some viewers like to like categorize and favoritize some songs and you get like the same same comment from the same user on each video. It's really good, but it's not as good as XYZ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Last week was better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're like, I'm doing the same thing. It's probably the same damn chords. Yeah. And, and if you... If you do the same thing, they start telling you it's, it sounds the same. And if you do something different, they'll tell you it doesn't sound like it used to. It was better like weeks ago. <laughs> I know exactly where you're coming from. We did a whole episode on yeah. YouTube comments here. There's like, there's the people that love everything. There's the people that like it, but they want to tell you to stop putting the Moog synthesizer in the background. Yeah, It spans the gamut. I mean, neg- negative comments doesn't really get to me. I think they're sometimes quite funny. The comments that gets to me the most are the ones where they don't think I produced the song. Because hmm. it happens quite often. Someone asks, like, how did you do this? And someone someone answers, yeah, he just took a popular song and put some uh, vocals on it. Right. Where did you get the beat from? Yeah. That's the one that annoys me the most. Yeah. Because you're like, I, I am a musician. <laughs> yeah. And I spent like two days on this song sweating and not sleeping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't get that one exactly, but I do get what is this song a parody of on a lot of my original songs, oh. which are still themed on Star Wars. Oh yeah. But again, it's still a <laughs> musical production that I wrote. It just happens to be like the force. Yeah. But the song's original. People assume that it's a parody when in fact it's not, which is yeah. like a compliment. I think probably the same for you. It's like, oh, this is really good. Somebody else must have made it. Yeah. In reality, it's a, it is a compliment, but. Yeah, when you when you just spent like three two days on a track, you just want to have like the <laughs> the embrace of the viewers. I I know exactly what you mean. I've started checking the comments like more infrequently or with at least like better goggles on. Like you said, you see one person that comments on every video, you know, right in a row. Yeah, the same thing over and over. <laughs> in the YouTube Creator app, if you're commenting on every video, we'll see it one by yeah. one. It's not like yeah. you have to check that video. Yeah. If you really want to flame someone's channel, like you'll you'll get right to the soul, you know? Exactly. I'm with you, though. You try to just roll them off. And I definitely have more than a few that say Chetrio is better on my remixes. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah, man, like I'm Alive is a great song. He's a great songwriter. I understand. <laughs> oh, I, I get I, I get the same ones, but with Roy's good looks. So oh, do you really? It's all good. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. I've, I've seen them. Yeah. Well, all right. The, I guess we're even then, Chetro. Yeah. Even, <laughs> even grounds. All right. I think that's a perfect note then to wrap this up with that, that uh, discovery there. So this has been really awesome, man. I know we could talk forever, 
Perhaps we'll do a part two. Yeah. Maybe perhaps we'll do a collab tutorial. We'll do like a head to head who can remix the song faster. Oh, yeah. Catchier. I don't know. A remix off. Yeah. I think there's something something there that we could uh, tap into. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe take the same uh, sample and just see what we can do with it. I was thinking that with when you mentioned demos and kind of like redoing something like, yeah, you could take one line of dialogue and turn it five different ways. So there might be something there. I think we should talk about that, dude. Yeah. So before we wrap up, is there anything uh, you'd like to plug that you're working on other than awesome remixes? Where can people find you? Yeah. So uh, check out my YouTube channel. I'm not really on social media that much, but if you want to contact me or something, you can find my email on my YouTube and I'm also quite active on Twitter. So go follow me there. Awesome. Like, share and subscribe to Chetreo. And uh, I'm looking forward to the next remix, dude. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Awesome. There we go, dude. Perfect. Thanks again to Chetreo. All of his links are in the description and the show notes. So check him out and send him some love. I hope you enjoyed our conversation today. And if you've really been enjoying the show and you want to help out, consider signing up for my Patreon at patreon.com slash royishgoodlooks. Patrons get a ton of cool perks every month, like Q&A, Ask Me Anything threads, exclusive bonus songs every month. I'll check out your art, your music, your podcast, whatever you make, and give you my personal feedback. And you can even get your name listed as a producer on new podcasts and videos. It's a whole community, and I'd love for you to be a part of it. Plus, you'll be helping support this show and my music. If that sounds good to you, sign up at patreon.com slash royishgoodlooks. Otherwise, give me a follow on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at royishgoodlooks. Join our private Facebook group called Royish Good Looks. And whenever you're listening to the show, share the podcast episodes in your feeds and tag me. I truly appreciate all of the support. So thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you on the next episode. Take care. <laughs>